0: And welcome. What the hell was that? <laughs> well, welcome to my Independence Report for a Wednesday. It is the Lunch Club, and uh, we've got uh, five members of the Lunch Club today. And uh, one is a beautiful three-year-old child. Hey, kid, how you doing? Thank you. Thank you. I'm well. <laughs> and uh, there's Taylor May, who is back from the near and the near... The near sickly person. <laughs> and there's Matt Shea, clapping for himself. Hey, Matt. <laughs> and Eric Hall, Eric R. Hall, the Hat Man. And I'm your host. My name is Kevin McDonald and, and we're here today to have the uh, To have a good discussion about uh about uh, about life we don't really know there actually are a couple of things on the table uh the first thing one that i want to bring up is um is your intuition and do you follow your intuition do you believe in intuition um and how does it work for you now kayla i know that you believe in your intuition because you listen to it all the time don't you oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> yep your your daughter knows and uh and you listen to it all the time and um matt how about yourself
1: absolutely 100 percent. that's that's what guides me through life it guides everybody in my opinion
0: and uh, eric
2: yes sir everything i've done uh simply is just going along with the flow what's happening around me i just sort of Go with the flow, and the times that I've tried to, you know, use my head, try to think things through, it's a mistake. Go figure.
0: <laughs> well, and do you do you uh, now? I know that uh, now. I I also believe in intuition. I also believe that you get signs from from above that tells you when when you're making the right decision or you're going down the right path uh, versus versus you know using your your. What would it be? Your front of the, of your brain and rather than your your uh, the back of your brain, I think?
2: Well, you know, when you take into account how many billions of bits of information our brains take in at any given moment, and really our eyes and ears are filters, and our brain just may, tries to make sense out of what we're perceiving, right? So through that process... Intuition is just another way of seeing, and the more you rely on that, that muscle or that process becomes broader and stronger, and you learn to trust it.
0: Exactly. That, that's very well put, wouldn't you say, Kayla? I
2: agree. I agree. Uh,
0: very nice. I'm glad, I'm glad you agree. If, and by the way, if at any time you feel like you need to uh, turn yourself off, then you can go do that. <laughs> and stuff but it's, it's great to have you here we've been missing you
3: i've missed everyone let's just say that so i woke up today with the i'm gonna go on today kind of mindset Yay. so
2: as oh. your energy level wonky wonky
3: yeah wonky i ate jalapeno poppers before i came on so now i have heartburn
2: <laughs> well the good news is that uh you have a window, and we're several cities away.
4: <laughs>
0: well, and uh, so tell everybody, Kayla, what's been going on with you? You've had quite the uh, quite the, the life in the last uh, 12 weeks or so.
3: Well, that's an understatement. I've lost a lot of weight. I've done a lot of throwing up, <laughs> a lot of non-eating and trying to eat, a lot of doctor's appointments, hospital visits, IVs it's just the beginning
0: is it did you anticipate it getting any better
3: i sure hope so i'm working on um, my second trimester right now so my doctor seems to think that after when i get into my second trimester things are going to get better so we'll see when i'm pregnant with both my kids before this i had morning sickness all day every day it wasn't it wasn't just morning
4: sickness (laughs)
0: Now, there is actually a term for that, and um, my sister had to go through that for her two kids. And there's actually a medical term it's called for... HG. It's called what? HG. Um, What does that stand for? Do you have any idea?
3: I'm looking it up right now because I can't remember it. It's something, It's it's morning sickness, but it's more severe because it's all day sickness. <clears throat> they can't keep fluids or liquids down unless they have an iv in them
0: hugely gross yeah yes and and, and and but you know the the cool thing is is that you forgot all about that in between and then when you got pregnant again then you then you remembered right
3: yes it's called hyper hypermissive gravidarium yeah Symptoms and, include severe nausea and feeling faint or dizzy when standing, um, persistent vomiting, which can lead to dehydration.
0: You know, and when my sister was going through it, hopefully you're not getting the same kind of support that she got, but she got the it's all in your head kind of support, and and you should be able to just get over it and all that kind of stuff. But it actually is a thing, It's an, and there's a percentage of women that have to go through it because of how the hormones change during a pregnancy, right?
3: No, that's an understatement. Hormones go whacked when you're pregnant. Let's just say we don't have a brain when we're pregnant.
0: Well, that's that,
3: the window.
0: Then you qualify as a man. I might. <laughs> Cuz we don't have a brain most of the t- most of the time anyway.
3: Okay, stop
0: Susie. I I don't hear anybody arguing with me about
3: you have that. brains. I'm arguing that you guys have brains. You guys just think with your lower half a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, it's like that, that, that Robin Williams statement that said, um, um, God gave us two heads, and, but only enough blood to run one at a time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of true. That's kind of
4: true.
0: <laughs> until, you, until you get a little bit older and then it, it's tough. But anyway, we're going to talk about intuition. And, uh, and how do you know? How do you know? Because there is that voice in your head that tells you, um, certain aspects or certain things, but how do you know which voice is actually talking to you? Well, for me, it's always been silent.
2: You know, it's not so much about the voice. It's, uh, it's more about uh, response. Like I might feel drawn to something. Like, for instance, my last... Uh, I've got multiples of times that, uh, in fact, anything good that I've ever done in my life was because of friends. They, they've they opened up doors, says, hey, I'm starting a band, or I'm starting, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go, do, why don't you join me for this? You know, fun things where you just say automatically, yeah, that sounds great. And because it's sort of familiar by somebody that you trust and you enjoy, that intuition is part of the delivery system, right? So that's sort of how it it works. But Maybe the last time that I followed my intuition was based solely on my own doing was when I volunteered at an animal rescue out in Monroe, Pesados. And I saw an advertisement for Pesados. I, I think it was a truck that drove by. And I said, God, they're in Monroe. That's That's not far from where I was building that cabin. I think I'll go check it out. And when I got there, everything felt right. As you guys know, I'm a cat person. And they've got these little houses for these cats and uh, special areas for leukemia cats and, you know, this whole thing. But they put me in as a dog dog walker. And it felt right. It felt right. I made great friends with these dogs. And everything seemed to fit into place. And there's a... uh, a sense of well being to the process. And I think that's how you fulfill your intuition, that sense of well being, how you respond to the idea. How well does it fit?
0: That makes perfect sense. That's, that's very, very well said. Very well said. Matt, how about yourself?
1: Growing up, my mom kept reiterating that you have to follow the signs, that we're getting signs from our guardian angels, we're getting signs from our God. And I have heard the voice audible, where it was more like a concussion, not meaning a blasting voice, but a message that went through and I equated as a kind of like a heavenly masculine voice, calmly in few words telling me to turn here or to go straight or stop. And I would obey it, it was just something supreme and then other times the situation is getting so ridiculous that it's starting to contradict what's normal and then i realize that those are signs to stop and see what's being painted what you are actually being told stop and analyze what's going really
4: on
0: and kayla how about yourself
3: i see lots of things and i hear lots of things as well i mean i could be driving down the road and i can look up in the sky and see a symbol or numbers or just something and i i know and i take that as a sign right there or driving down the road reading um like a street sign or a car that has a lettering on it or just anything it's they're always there no matter which way you turn they're, they're Literally throwing them in your faces so you can actually see and understand. It's just a matter of them you comprehending it. It's how you take it.
0: Well, I got a unique question for you. I'm going to make you guys think back, think back in time. <clears throat> uh, when did you first discover, uh, Eric, that you had that that you felt like you had either this gift or or I mean, how old were you?
2: Six or seven. Six or seven. And that was because, as you guys know, I I raised quarter midgets. And I think this is part of the learning process to trust your intuition. Right? And as I mentioned, you know, your brain is picking up millions of bits of information and, and your eyes and ears are filtering things so that you can understand it. And when you're... In when you're racing with other cars, you're reading the patterns of what they're doing, and you're trying to get by them. So you're trying to read when they're going to corner, how wide they're going to swing out, where you're going to find room to pass, how fast you can pass, <coughs> how fast that corner is coming up. Are you going to risk going into the corner trying to pass and not have not be far enough in to push the car out? There's several decisions to be made. And because I was able to see what those cars were going to do next, I learned to trust my intuition. So I knew that I had some intuition about how to make decisions about what I was driving, how I was going to plan the race. And I was well, able no, this, to go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say, this was a while ago. So uh-huh. were any, of the, any of the midgets in the movie The Wizard of Oz?
2: <laughs> no, they, this was just one quarter of those little quarter widgets. So, <laughs> we're asked oh. to see the wizard,
0: <laughs> the wonderful wizard of ours.
2: I love their dances too, man. That's how we dance now at our age,
4: <laughs> the lollipop
2: group, you know. <laughs> I was, at, I was at a friend's house. We were dancing on the deck here about a month or so ago, a month and a half. And it just was not pretty. I was glad there were trees around hiding us from the neighbors because we all looked like the lollipop dancers. It wasn't back in the old days when we were, you know.
0: Well, Matt, Matt this one's for you because you, you're a trivia guy. Um, there was a song in the 60s that was remade from one of the uh, um, songs in The Wizard of Oz. What was the name of that song?
1: From the 1960s, yes. Well, over the rainbow was one Judy Garland. somewhere yes. over the rainbow, and then there was another one. Oh, is it "Ding Dong the Witch Is Dead"? That song. Yeah.
0: Very good, sir. Yes, indeed.
1: Yeah, they were they were nothing. one hit wonder man. Ding Dong. They, I think they were called the Fifth Estate. That's funny. I think that was their name. God, man.
2: That's,
0: yeah, the, 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 now, now, keep in mind that that could be totally wrong, but we're not going to look it up, and, and wow. he came up with a name. That's, That's pretty amazing. amazing.
1: Wow, yeah. Do do? They were competing with the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. They also had a one-hit wonder. I think it was Yummy Yummy, I Got Love in My tummy. Yeah. Well, if you want to punish kids today, play that loud. That'll they'll behave. So we're talking about intuition. And before I was in kindergarten, the rest of the family neighborhood was in school and I was talking to my mom in front of our house. And she started talking to me about God if I understood his existence. And I was saying that I always knew someone was there for all of us. And wherever I went, it never left me. It was there and it comforted me. It kind of explained things it made me feel okay if i had to go to my room if i was rejected and she said well good you already have a relationship with him and keep reading the signs that was mom's advice as far as i could remember
0: you know it makes me nervous every time caleb bends over like that I no
4: know. you'll
3: know if i threw up guys <laughs> I'll oh, as long as all could be don't worry
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and Kayla, how about yourself? When did you discover? Now, your family is is terribly psychic, not terribly, is excitingly psychic, and you've got a whole bunch of family members that are psychic. How old were you?
3: Very young. I'd probably say about five. About when I When I picked up supposedly frozen dog poop and threw it in my sister's face in the snow, and she was mad at me, and I think right then and there, I knew that I didn't intentionally do it, so I knew I had intuition.
0: Interesting. Now, for me, it was a little bit later. I was in I was in high school because uh, I had a unique ability when I played football. I was a nose guard on the football team. Now, nose guard was the guy directly across from the center. And so he's got the guards around him. He's got the linebackers. He's got everybody around him. And, and, uh, and at the awards banquet, my coach said, and this is as near a quote as I can come up with, he said, He said, how does a guy know where the ball's going when he's practically beneath the ground, talking about me? And and because every reverse or double reverse they tried to run, any team tried to run that season, I stopped because I knew what they were doing. And it was an intuition that it was just kind of just came to me that this is what was happening. And that's when I figured out that I had a little bit of that intuition. I think that everybody has a little bit of that, don't they? Everybody is intuitive.
2: Yeah, I think uh, and, I, and I think sports or situa- is situations where there's a lot going on, and we have to make quick decisions, really brings out that uh, necessity for intuition. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, because you don't have time to think; you just have time to react. Yes, or respond. And Dep- I,
2: I think that's I think that's the difference between great uh, great athletes and artists. You know, athletes, uh, dancers, and uh, athletes are people that understand the intuition process jazz musicians uh people like that um, are able to take in all kinds of information and filter out uh filter it out better than the average person
0: now is that also do you guys think is um, um as an example you mentioned jazz which is a lot of improvisational Mm-hmm. Um, by its very nature, and so is acting in in an improvisational setting, and it it just kind of flows, and things just kind of come to you, and and it, it's not something that you consciously think about. Um, it just kind of happens, um, and it's it's amazing when it does, and it, and if it's funny and stuff. So you know, or if, or in jazz, if it is uh, a dynamic, because a lot of times. Isn't it true, Eric, you've been around these guys for a lot. Isn't it a, a true that a lot of times they forget exactly what they played after they played it?
2: Well, if you're being uh, precise about that interpretation by, by trying to think of what note they played in what order, absolutely. But, it, you know, they, I'm sure they remember the song, but as far as, you know, the order, uh, no, they, they don't. Here's uh, for my jazz... For jazz buddies that know this process, are you guys familiar with what bebop is and what a fugue is? A fugue is a classical piece. I know you've heard it, right? You've heard that piece, fugue and G major? Oh, yeah. And then bebop. Bebop is a jazz style where you can take a melody and the notes and you play that melody in any order as long as you say play those notes
1: interesting yeah the group b Bop deluxe no i don't recall them they came out kind of late 70s but bebop deluxe they were pretty hot uh we didn't have to look assume, that up. i assume that's what they were doing bebop deluxe
2: now I practiced with a group because these guys would just kind of stretch their minds. And <clears throat> being a tuba player I had a very easy part, but they would fugue bebop music. So the idea is you play exactly what the musician, the other musician played. Oh. So if you sing, uh, "Row, row, row your boat," <clears throat> that's a round, right? That's, <clears throat> that's sort of uh, that's what they were doing. With any fugue, that's a basically a fugue. In its most simplest terms, row, row, row your boat is a fugue. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream.
1: Like how Cheap trick did live at Budokan, ain't that a shame? They finished up copying whoever hit those chords, the next guy would. Then somebody would do a different, and they kept See? going tit for tat. And
2: that's there's levels, to. and they were trained. They've trained themselves to think on a lot of different levels at the same time. Now, we all know that there are higher modes of thought, like brain surgeons and jazz musicians, and there's a, another there's another uh, occupation. But jazz musicians and brain surgeons are kind of on the same level as how many synapses in our brains are firing off as they're doing their work. That's
3: Interesting. That's what it sounds like. What's that? Mm-hmm. I said it sounds like they're on a frequency.
2: Yeah, it's almost like another frequency because they're tuned in to so many things happening at once. So yeah, and you have to learn how to do it like everything else, you know, like learning how to walk, you're controlling all those muscles in your body from your abdomen out down to your heel ball toe. You you're learning how to control those things in sequence and in mass and you're doing the <laughs> same things with intuition. Uh, through your mind, from very specific uh, pieces of your mind to something
0: largely in mass. You know, it's kind of of like being um, a short-order cook. Have any of you been a short-order cook? I have. Um, Has it been your experience that when you get a bunch of tickets up and a bunch of orders going and you've got... uh, um, Ten or fifteen items that you've started and are working on the grill that you, in your mind, have come up with a sequence of what you're going to do next to get to make sure the eggs are over easy, to make sure the the steak is medium well, and 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 to put the entire plate together. It takes it takes a little bit of uh, intuition and and forethought to be able to put all that together. It really is it really is dynamic when you see somebody that's really good at it. Like 13 points or something like that
2: yeah it's a zen experience isn't it
0: yes when what are you trying to sell there matt ding dong which is dead, the fifth estate <laughs> <laughs> that's
4: funny
1: i went through <laughs> kayla's record collection and found it You did,
0: do you have actually have that no but oh.
1: casey some announced it once uh, way back when and i and you
0: remember that
1: well, this is wow. important stuff. Well, obviously, because
2: you're able to use that information, you know, 60 years later.
1: Yeah, once.
0: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I need to remember this. So wow. you've you changed it in, in a corner of your brain for all those years.
2: See, Matt's got a version of that. That's working on another level. He's got another version of intuition. Just this is away.
1: garbage. I'm at the bottom. I'm a bottom feeder. I don't know, I man. The, I get the stuff that nobody <laughs> touches, like collective
0: <laughs> that, that actually was a really, really – I love that song. It was a really cool song. Um, any, anyway. But, it was uh, real
1: majestic and kind of marching like we're going to celebrate this one.
0: Exactly. Well, it's it's like uh, um, the the group that did hair,
1: Cow Sills.
0: Yes, that they were they were they were who the Partridge Family was was named after. Yeah, oh, is that right?
1: Yeah, Barry Barry Cowsill. but they were legitimate. They were a family. Then that song Indian Lake, where they vacationed at Indian Lake, and they fell in love with it so much they didn't leave until they wrote a song about it.
0: Yep, and, and hair and uh, rain the yeah.
1: park and other things.
0: That that's that's a
1: man. little bit of spanking our gang in that one.
0: You spank who?
1: You know, <laughs> Spanky McFarland, Spanky in our gang. No, rain the park and everything. Okay, uh, this is kind I... of a crime. Eric was talking about legitimate music, and then he came to the mat level. See what happened? No man, it's, yeah, this was. I did this for your benefit, Kev, Eric.
2: This is uh, all music is legitimate, man. That's my take on it. All yeah, well, so
0: well, and as a former tuba player, um, I have I, to say that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. I, I can't imagine being a tuba player.
2: Many people can't
0: but but you did you did you did, you, did, you were from what, from what you've said you were an extraordinary tuba player well
1: uh, do you remember, remember lumpy Rutherford Fred Rutherford's kid on Leave it to Beaver yeah he played the tuba but they made fun of it trying yeah. to see him get into a car and out with that they, yeah. they picked a ridiculous instrument for the Rutherford family and of course Fred was bragging him up historically tubas have never been treated right?
0: so so was it your intuition that told you that you needed to play the tuba
2: no it was my braces <laughs> <laughs> cuz i was playing trombone well baritone at the time when i got braces and it was cutting my lips when i played the mouthpiece cuz it was smaller and hitting those metal things so mm. the teacher said well why don't you play tuba it's got a bigger mouthpiece and it'll go around those around those things so okay and the rest
0: is history. Yeah,
2: and you know, and I'm a lazy guy, and you know, as far as you know, playing, playing an instrument. When you're playing tuba, and my apologies to all the great tuba stop there. A lot of our music is whole notes, half notes, and quarter notes, and occasionally we get an eighth note run, but there's very little that's you know, you know, we just don't have to learn that stuff.
1: I've never seen Herb Alpert's Tijuana Brass with a tuba player. Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong.
2: Well, not that I know of. Tubas didn't become hip until uh, 2010. That's when the night shows started using them. But,
1: uh, Leon Redbone had one. Yeah. See, I was in a Carl band Simon band has done stuff band. with it. Has he? Yes, he had. He has some stuff out there with it.
2: See, I was using a tuba as a solo instrument before it became hip. So I'll grab that for, you know, I'll grab a sense of pride. But uh, I'm not saying I was extraordinary. I'm just saying nobody else heard it before. So they had no no way to, you know, say this is good or this is bad. This is just,
1: huh.
0: Can you imagine, Kayla, how this conversation has degenerated <laughs> into talking about a tuba player? <laughs> I know.
2: That's pretty much that's pretty much
0: We well, started out so well too
3: <laughs> He's just full hot air, that's why I like the tuba.
2: Should I go get <laughs> Thank you. Should I go get my tuba and play a little bit? No. Hey, is it, is
0: no. it in storage? <laughs> huh? Is it in storage?
2: Yeah, I got it in storage.
0: Let's see. I'm, he's got everything in storage because he's got two yeah. houses the worth. So so anyway, <clears throat> now what do you want to talk about? <laughs> anyway, Matt, go ahead.
1: Getting back to intuition. Oh, good. Thank one, you.
4: Day, back.
1: <laughs> one day, out of the blue, I decided I'd visit a college buddy because he was between jobs kind of down. So I took him to Burger King. Hey, we're going to have burgers. We're guys. And he's depressed. And, and I thought, you know, have you ever been to the hydroplane hall of fame? No. And I said, well, I actually, I'm a member of it. And I got a free pass. Let's go. Some compulsion, whatever this guy hydroplanes. As soon as we arrived, they were starting to do a ceremony for an elder woman who passed in his neighbor that he grew up with the whole room. Tom, you made it Tom, Tom. I have no idea what made me take him there. Just as it was starting, the neighborhood was complete upon him entering, and I didn't know anybody. And But there was just that gut feeling like, and now now you can leave, Matt, that voice came, which I did, because he, he's got a ride home now. But we get those things like, why did I do that? Why am I here? And then all of a sudden, it, that shock waves comes back. You get it loud and clear.
3: It's a purpose.
1: Yes.
0: Yep. So I got a question for you guys. Can you recall a particular moment in your life that because of the decision you made at that moment changed the direction of your life and where you were going? Eric, Good you? Good
2: question. Good question. Um, yeah, you know course you can say that about just about every decision you make but a major decision I, I think working for Metro yeah I think working for Metro I saw you know an advertisement and I decided to focus on that and that turned out to be a, a great decision as far as changing <coughs> a lot of aspects in life you know financial security. Uh, a certain amount of free time the ability to afford to do fun things that i had been able to afford in quite a while Uh, so yeah you know there are some things that uh, that that was probably the most recent one yeah
1: years ago when i was living at alki point this was late 70s i just got laid off from my teamster job i'm very depressed something compelled me to walk the boardwalk i did Something called me to stop and look up at the vehicles Well, I'm down on the boardwalk. And so I'm looking up a grassy hill, a slight one. And so I could just see parked cars. But under the parked cars, I could see the tires going back and forth on the road. And a set of them just stopped all of a sudden. And I heard my name called out. A buddy driving a moving van gets out and goes, Matt, we need somebody now. We'll pay a cash. They put money in my hand, got me to climb in the truck, and they worked me the rest of the day, and I had a nonstop under the table cash flow going. But for me to be there, for him to see me, that voice in my head guiding me, stop, look, look this way, that. I have a lot of stories like that at every time it hit payday.
0: Naila, how about yourself? I
3: honestly say once my father passed away, going into Derek's store, taking my spiritual journey—the <clears throat> most upcoming one that I can think
0: of—I I think I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again because I like to tell it. Um, when I was uh, a waiter at uh, at uh, the DoubleTree, um, I. And was also a captain, so I got to wear a tuxedo and do tableside Caesar salads and open bottles of wine and that sort of thing. Uh, there was another captain there. His name is Corey McDonald, and uh, we became good friends. and And his father was a professor at Green River Community College, and uh, so we were sitting by the pool one day, and in, in August, getting ready for the school year. And he says, uh, and I was just waiting, waiting tables. I wasn't really doing much of anything else, and. Um, and he said, you know, I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to go to Green River, and I and I want to take Auto Body. And I and he said, would you come with me? And I said, well, I don't know anything about Auto Body. I really don't like working on cars and stuff, but I'll go, and, and I can learn something perhaps. So we're standing in line at Green River Community College because what they do is they've got they've got an, in the auditorium, they have a bunch of tables set up for the different um, uh disciplines within that the school is offering and they've got like music and they've got drama and they've got shop and they've got math and they've got you know all those and the teachers are sitting there and so we're like three people from the front and um we've been standing there for like half hour and he uh turns to me and says you know what i don't think i'm going to do that um, I, I I don't think I want to take auto uh, body, so I'm gonna. I'm I'm my my father is working today, getting ready for the school year, so I'm gonna go say hi to him. You want to come? And I said, Well, you know, I'm here, and uh, I said, Well, let me see what let me. See, I'm just gonna explore and see what's out there, and a little voice in my said 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 stay there. So I ended up um, um, getting to the front of the line, and in one of the tables near the front was uh, it said drama. And uh, so I went to, and I said, you know, I liked drama when I was in high school and I liked, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And so I I, um, went and sat down there and uh, I signed up for theater extempore and also improvisational theater because I really wanted to do that. That changed my life because that's where I met my wife. That's where I got my kids from, not from the school, but from my wife, obviously. And uh, and I also was able to go to work. I, I started in three um, productions, and then I went to, uh, uh, during the summer, I worked at KGRG, the radio station, and, and that's where I got my love for radio. So it, it completely changed everything about my life. I had no direction prior to that. Matt?
1: My brother Paul was innocently walking down a sidewalk one day and something kind of told him to step into the next door, which was a bookstore, a used bookstore, and to keep walking to the back, which he did, and to pull out that book there. And he pulled it out, opened it, and saw that his godfather had donated it to this bookstore library and it had oh. a signature on it. Oh. He didn't buy the thing, but put it back, left, and now he knows why. That's amazing. That really is. There's something left
2: there. You know, I found a, a cat. One of my cats had disappeared for a couple of days. And I had searched the neighborhoods pretty heavily, and a buddy of mine helped. And we could not find her. And I pretty much gave up on the fact. I did everything I could. There were posters everywhere. And nobody was calling. There was no sign of her. Nobody had seen her. And it was probably 11 o'clock at night. And I couldn't sleep. And something in me decided to go out and look. And go look in the neighbor's yard under their car. And I'll be damned. That's where the cat was. She had been hit by a car and her leg had been broken, you know, in three pieces. And, uh, she'd been like that for a couple of days and somehow oh. she dragged herself
0: back.
4: Oh my.
2: Yeah. Something in me just knew that it was time to find her. And, and I went out there and I, I looked in the right place. And when she saw me, that's when she started meowing.
0: So, wow. What So what happened to her?
2: Well, I took her to, uh, I had to wait till the next morning because there weren't any 24-hour vets in those days. So I had to wait until 9 o'clock the next morning. And that vet, you know, decided not to show up that day. I don't know what happened. Um, so I had to go to a different vet. I couldn't get her to another vet until it was almost uh, 10.30. Uh, and they put in, I think she had four or five different pins. her Her leg was pretty shattered and, you know, there was a question whether should we try to save this leg? Do you want to put her down? Or do you want to spend the money on this? And of course I wanted to spend the money. <clears throat> so then what happened? She healed. She healed, lived another, you know, five, six, seven years. She lived until she was twenty. Yeah, twenty, twenty one. Beautiful.
1: Uh, And did you know that cat from a previous life? Who knows?
2: Yeah, who knows? knows? I've always had these relationships with my cats, you know. Just kind of always been able to sense them. They're in charge. They know.
0: (laughs) Well, the cat you have now loves you, Matt. Go ahead.
1: Kevin, exactly where you are sitting, and you know where I'm going with this, do you tell the story or do I tell it? (laughs) Oh, go Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Where Kevin lives, I used to live there. And when Kevin's place came up for sale, I was interested in buying it. And I looked in it, I really wanted that. I knew it would have life in it for me, but there was something about it. Wait, see what kind of life, it's not for you. And so I backed out of buying that. And then I did a radio show later and run into Kevin for the first time and by the way, it turned out he's my neighbor and he bought that and that's where we're—that's where you're broadcasting. And then I just lived, what, a minute walking distance from it? Yep. But yep. I didn't jump your claim. It was spoken for, I knew that, that voice in my head. And I couldn't wait to see who it was. And it was the guy who I had a radio show with not long after that. Amazing.
0: <clears throat> it, it, it really was. Yeah. Because I met him because um, he was going to do the Martha Norwalk show. And, and so I met him up at, at, at the studio in, in Factoria. And we were sitting there talking, and it's like, where do you live? Where do you live? And, it's, and he, he asked me where I live, and I said, I, I, just, I just moved into a uh, mobile home community. It's called Bow Lake. And he said, oh, I'm very well familiar with it. I live there. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you live there? And, and this is – now, we were in Factoria, and, and it's SeaTac, which is about 15 miles away. So I had no idea that we were – that we, it, was, it was that close. But, but the, the interesting thing about that was that in the, just from my, my side of the story was um, there was a couple of oh, metro no. bus drivers that – they got married. They live in a real small place off of Bow Lake on the other side of, of the complex, and they and they'd said, it's a nice, it's a decent place. You know, you might want to look at it. And so I was out and about with my son, and I said, let's go check this place out. And so we went in and uh, checked it out and uh, um, met a real estate person that happened. Hap- Stop me if you've heard this before. Just happened to be here. And, uh, um, and I said, well, you know, is there, you got anything for sale? And she said, well, we've got this one over here. So they took me to this one over here, and it wasn't what I wanted. It was not. It was kind of dirty, and it had had problems with it. And then, so we're going back to to the. Uh, and we're, I'm following in my car. We're going back to the to the clubhouse to talk a little bit more about it. And she stops in front of this place that I have now. Doesn't tell me that we're going to stop there. Doesn't do. And she wasn't even representing it. And so she just said, "Well, you know, I just got the feeling that I should stop here." So she stopped, and we went in and looked at it, and. I I made an offer that day.
1: Um, Beautiful and- front deck. That is so neat. You got a house going sideways, parallel with the road at that corner. That is so neat. That setup.
0: It, it really is, and it's quiet, and it's nice, and all that kind of stuff. So, and it also, and of course, then uh, to, to continue that story, because I was working full time for Metro, and I was starting to dabble with this podcast and uh, doing it a little bit. Taking some old shows and putting them up, and that kind of thing. Well, and then um, as I moved in here, I fell in the process and and tore my rotator cuff. Long story short, I I had another couple of surgeries, and so I wasn't able to drive a bus anymore. So now I could do this full time in my studio in a house that I can that is paid for and I can afford it. So it's all it's all in, but it was all I believe it was all by divine providence.
1: Matt, Yeah, this just hit me at once, so I got to spit this out. One night, years back, something told me to call a friend. It's kind of late. I haven't talked to this friend in a long time. So I hit the numbers, and I could tell as soon as this person picks up the phone, finally, they drop it, and I could hear the screeching. And then they got back on, and they said, Matt, do you know what you just did? You saved my life. She said, when I picked up the phone, I fumbled it, so I hit the brakes, and I just missed a car flying through an intersection with a T-bone me.
2: Jesus.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's all of us. We all have that, hey, wait a minute. Everybody listening has got a handful of them. Are people able to call in, Kevin? We would get some great stories out there. Well, if they
0: they want to comment, and we can go through the comments. Yeah, well. I think
1: that's I think that's
2: truly intuition rather than a learned a learned response. Yes, you know what else is talking about? Yeah, that's that's.
1: Well, you think about it. We learn from each other, so that's of no good whatsoever. The spiritual pipeline, case in point, how we know Kayla may—that's where the gold is. Follow it. Exactly. How's your cue, Kayla? Jump in.
3: How's my cue? Jump in. Well, you know, it just got me thinking about that the the wreck that. I had to deal with on the freeway. And I just recently, after like a month and a half made myself, um, I made my honey take me up to Derek's shop. And I went in there obviously emotional because I'm pregnant and I had to hug Derek and his wife and everyone and say, I miss him. And, uh, but I, that weekend before I had a dream about him and I didn't know for sure if he lived or died. And I asked Derek on Monday if he had lived, and he goes, he lived, but he's in, you know, he's in recovery mode. You know, he's got a lot of internal issues. He's got a lot of things that he's got to work through. But hearing that made my anxiety level go completely down. You know, knowing that okay, he did live. I don't have to fret over the fact of what could i have done differently at that point in time i did what i did in an instinct and what i did was right and and he survived so it just depends on how you want to look at intuitiveness because being intuitive everybody's born with it once you're born you're born being intuitive it's how you put yourself into accepting your intuitiveness is to what makes you move forward in life if you want to be stuck in a rut and angry like i was for 28 years of my life hating the world driving by flipping people off cutting people off doing you name what you know i was that mean person and it didn't get me anywhere in life and when i sat back realized that shit doesn't have to be my way or the highway everything just kind of fell into place and went completely different and now I look at things way differently than what I used to when I was twenty-eight and a hothead.
0: I need to use your story for the book I'm writing.
3: Which one? My life.
0: <laughs> well, just just that just that very story because what I'm what I'm working on is a book, and you'll be you'll be proud of me, uh, Matt. It's a book called "The Art of Being Positive."
1: Positive talk that's that's that's
0: that's it but the art of being positive is different because it's a learned skill rather than because we have a tendency because of how we're raised and and everything to think of of things in a negative term exactly. it, it it's it's actually like you like you've learned um, that that being positive has works f- far better than being negative exactly. um, you're exuding a different type of energy but it takes time and skill to be able to to it's a muscle like Mm -hmm. anything else you've got to work that muscle to get good at it and it's you know just
3: like what Coriel said yesterday in her podcast you write it down to get over these emotions and uh, hearing that really really made me think about that wreck and my emotions that I actually went through not knowing that I was pregnant and then finding out the day after that wreck happened that I was pregnant something told me okay my motherly instinct was, like, on spot. Like, what's going on? I need to pee on a stick. Like, this isn't normal, you know? So, it, it's, it, I don't, I can't even explain it. It's just one of those feelings, you know? It's an intense emotional roller coaster. And I did take Coriel's advice, you know? And I didn't necessarily write it down, but I wrote it, like, mentally in my brain. Like, what are those yeah. emotions? That i went through i went through fear i went through anger at that point in time i went through a roller coaster of emotions and somehow i overcame that but then i really overcame it on monday by realizing that he did survive
0: that's
2: awesome it's amazing you followed up on that
3: i had to it was eating at me it was just one of those things like i'm going to keep dreaming about this bloody man you know, I need to know if I saved his life or if I didn't save his life, you know? And in a gut instinct reaction, pulling off the side of the freeway, I did, you know? And I it just still blows my mind to this day, though, that nobody but myself pulled over. Yeah. Except for the bikers that heard it, that were way ahead of him, and parked their bikes and then came running back. But I was the only one that stopped. Thankfully, I have a medical kit in my car Winston needs to, like, refill it back up, though, because all oh my gauze is gone. But, you know, you never know. I that's, That was an intuitive instinct on me wanting to leave and get home right then, too. Like, I had to leave. I lost my keys that day, too. So I'm like, okay, uncle, you know, you need to quit messing with me right now. Like, it's time for me to go. Like, I have to go. I was in a hurry. Like, I even passed two cars to get to where I was at that point in time. Like, I don't know why I was in such a rush. And then I stumbled upon that.
0: Well, think about the the number of coincidences that had to happen for that to work out the way it did. And, and also the fact that you stopped and you had a medical kit in your car, uh, which by the way, everybody should do. I don't, I wish I did. Matt, go ahead. <laughs>
1: I love this topic because every time somebody tells one that everybody's gonna remember a couple more. Years back, this gal I was seeing, her son came home from school with a funny facial expression. He said he was in high school, he's walking down the hallway and he heard his grandmother's voice. She had passed away recently. And she kept saying, go to the right of the aisleway. go to the right, walk around as wide as you can. So he obeyed his grandmother's voice he said it was so warm and nurturing and when he rounded the corner a still girder had broken within the building broke through the ceiling and the jagged end of it was basically face level he would have walked right into it unexpectedly and yeah. uh, her voice had him take the long way and avoided the catastrophe he probably would have gotten stitches maybe worse wow but that was his voice he said it was grandmother's voice but it wasn't scary it was kind of nice she was caring talking the way she does and so i obeyed her and oh my god that girder it was just right there
3: i've had that well not that you know but just getting those hearings or I mean, my uncle helped me put a weed whacker together because I didn't know how to line a weed whacker and I was down at my grandma's. My grandma, she's got like three of them and she doesn't know how to do it herself. She's 86 (laughs) years old and I'm sitting there and I'm wrapping it and they're nope, not that way, girl, you know, okay, try it again. Second time. No, you're still doing it wrong. And then I, by the third time, it's like, okay, there you go. You got it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) crank that weed whacker on (laughs) after filling in and lining it up and everything but it's those things, those subtle things that I find comfort in, because when you lose somebody, you really do want to hear them. You really want to make sure that they are still surrounding you. And when you have that negativeness or the doubt that's inside of you, it's not going to get you anywhere. You're not going to hear things just automatically. You have to be in tuned to wanting to hear it. You have to be open to wanting to hear it. And once you're open, all those doors are gonna open.
2: And I I think there's something to that and something else as well. It has to be something that is part of uh, your path. Like um, for instance, I buy lottery tickets every week and I never win because I don't have the intuition on which numbers I should choose. Even Mm -hmm. though I think about it, which number should I choose? Well, I'm
0: thankful that you're buying taxes. You're buying those to pay my taxes. I appreciate that.
2: Oh, you're very welcome. (laughs) You're very welcome. I'm glad to do my part. But that just shows you that intuition is an important part of our processes. And something as irrelevant as buying a lottery ticket and trying to use your intuition is like, uh, well, it's like uh, throwing away orange peels.
3: You know, not, not necessarily though. It could, yeah. you know, I I could honestly be driving and come up on a red light and want it to turn green, and instantly it turns green, so I don't have to sit there. Well, I say, want that's a different than buying a lot of tickets. <laughs> I could have a car want like, huh? okay, you're gonna pull over in like two seconds, I swear. Just turn your blinker on and get out of my way. I'm in the fast lane. I'm cruising. Wow, I want to get to Walmart or wherever I'm going. That's scary. And I just
0: kind of whoop them out of my way. Well, Kayla, I've got one for you that, that I'd, I'd like your opinion on, if you would. Because sometimes when, we're, when we have dreams, our dreams present themselves in a different way than some other dreams. And uh, mm-hmm. as an example, last night, I had a dream because, um, you know, my, my brother passed uh, not quite a year ago now. My mom passed in, in July. And uh, we were, as a as a family, going to go to um, the cemetery to where my dad is buried and where my mom has joined him. And there, but, but there was a question as to whether or not I was going to go because we're having a little, little bit of dysfunction in the family. And uh, um, so in this dream, there was a uh, it was like a text, a text message, but it was very very faint the text message said, come, visit us where we are. Hallelujah. Was that my brother?
3: Yeah. You already know it was because you feel it and you <laughs> sense it. But you were also talking about your brother yesterday, were you not? And how you were hung, hung by the noose? Yes. When you were playing the little ladder thing or whatever. You right then in that point you're trying to figure out how am i going to release that how am i physically going to release that emotion that Coriel was talking about so by you wanting to go visit them you already did visit them you visited them in an outer body experience you went there not not physically but you went there in an outer body experience then you were being told
0: yes i was being told that 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 i need to put the ego aside and to go ahead and, and because they they would like they would like to uh for us to all be together and, and to do that thing. So just it wants was
3: everybody to get along like a big, huge, happy family, even though I'm not saying all families are huge and happy and get along, but there is a point in a time and in, in in a breaking point where you have to break that cycle. You can't let the negativity sit there and dwell anymore. You have to let it go. And that's okay. what I had to deal with for 28 years. I was a dwelling sad apple <laughs> a very sour <laughs> one and i just i was stuck i was stuck in an angry i mean what kind of person if somebody cut you off would you get out of your car and go flick a cigarette in that person's car and kick their car and yell at them would you do that would you do that
4: Are That's
2: smaller, this, than this, <laughs> Are they smaller than me smaller than me
3: no this was a man and a woman in a car And I got out of the car, and I went and flicked my cigarette in their car because I was that angry after I had lost my father. And it was at that point in time, I said, enough smoking cigarettes. Enough is enough. I cannot be a bitch anymore. I have to stop.
0: Wow. Well, and think about what's happened to you since you walked into Derek's shop, which, by the way, if you're just now turning in, is a metaphysical shop in Mount Vernon, Washington. And uh Derek has been on the podcast he's a he's a really, really cool dude and but but when you did that, what is ch- what else has changed in your life from when you walked into that you know, that metaphysical shop and you had a meeting with him
3: A lot more doors have opened.
0: Well, as an example, Not- <laughs> why, why, are you, why are you on this podcast?
3: today or for always? <laughs>
0: For, for when you first started why are you how did that come about
3: that was divine timing i was asking questions i wanted to learn i wanted to know what is out there besides me being a negative nancy i wanted to be a. Be- I wanted to become a better person than what i was i wasn't happy with who i was and i was done i was physically done and i got shoved by my guide saying no you're going to go talk to this person it's a male who you're going to go talk to you need to set up an appointment and you need to go and when i got there and i was like am i supposed to be talking to a guy is there a guy here and they're you know the wife and daughter look at each other and they're like are you talking about my dad because he owns the store you know like i didn't know that i had been in there i think twice before that And then by the third time, I decided, okay, I have to make an appointment. I see that there's, you know, psychic readings, energy readings, all these types of goods in there. And it was just a feeling that I got from the store. And if you haven't been in there and you want to know the feeling, go to Mystical Ware's in Mount Vernon and you'll get that feeling. Because all the negative bullshit gets left at the front
2: door. Can they tell me where I put my tobacco?
3: <laughs> in your butt pocket. I don't know. They mind. <laughs> I don't
2: keep it there generally.
3: <laughs> Is it in your hat? Is it? No. I think your cat took it.
0: That would be something she'd do. Well, and, and maybe they're trying to tell you that you should quit smoking. Maybe that would be... Um, be. Although I'm calling the kettle black, I'm afraid. Yeah, that should be oh. you. Yeah. Well, and, and I quit for a whole day. Are you proud of me? Very proud of you, Kevin. Then, then, I, then I got angry and I, I said, I'm hanging up. I quit smoking yesterday and I'm going to buy a pack of cigarettes. So And so I did.
3: I've been in that limbo. You just get knocked up.
0: You then can't you have- do that.
3: <laughs> we
0: can't do that.
3: All that wacky tobacco and and tobacco just kind of goes out the door when you get knocked up. Because you got a living creature inside your body.
2: I'm glad to hear that.
0: That's got to be the weirdest thing that I've ever, I've ever, because I watched my wife go through that a couple of times. And it's like they have a relate, she has a relationship <laughs> with the children that I could never have.
4: It's because a bond.
0: It, 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 it is a bond unless you break it, which unfortunately, well, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Well, but, there uh, are
3: males and females that can break those bonds with kids. Trust me. I've seen it firsthand watched people just up and abandon their children and choose drugs so
0: that's a that's a that's a hell of a choice that people make isn't it
3: yeah i i personally couldn't do it (laughs) i i choose my living little shits any day (laughs) over some drugs
0: well and and your your three-year-old is just the as adorable as she can be
3: well she pretends to be as adorable as can be (laughs) That's a that's an act, man. And boy, is she ever good at it.
0: She she does well. She does well. It's in the yeah. opening. Uh, her her watching the the show. So it's, that's 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 really cool. So, um, but but that's you know the last six months for you has really changed everything about who you are.
3: Yeah, I'm not negative anymore. Well, <laughs> uh, if I can be negative towards Winston when he's not making me rice, but you know. Or, or hold back. Yeah. Rice? i a Filipino baby, so I have to eat a lot of rice.
2: How do you know it's a Filipino baby?
3: Because he's Filipino. Oh.
2: So you haven't spoken to the baby to confirm this.
3: Well, I know the baby's Filipino because all it wants is rice. Oh, got <laughs> it.
2: Okay, now I get it.
3: He's the only one that I've been with, so I really hope it's going to be a Filipino <laughs> baby unless well, I rice. magically had some kind of weird sex dream and ended up Uh oh i gotta go my dog's having a seizure
2: okay oh, hold on having a seizure well, go ahead nice man s-
1: about intuition years and years back when i was going through divorce i was living in a compartment complex and it was kind of a neat community because everybody seemed to know everybody we all cared for one another and this one gal who just moved in, she was going through some personal problems, and I was sort of designated to be, quote, end quote, big brother. And so I stayed one evening there. It was not a physical experience, and I felt kind of funny. Why am I here when I just live, you know, down the hallway, and this is kind of not kosher? So it's one in the morning, and I'm sitting there. Why am I here? She's sound asleep, and I smelled smoke. The apartment next door had caught fire because the guy left his stove oven on broil and he had stuff inside it. And the fire department got there in time and they said, you were two minutes away from the whole place going up like a books of matches. And so we got everybody out, got the whole unit out, everybody out that building. And I knew why. And then when the fire was put out, now I went back to my space. Wow. Yeah, but something just, I felt so awkward there, but stay, stay. But very uncomfortable, but felt even more uncomfortable of leaving at that moment. And then it played out the way it did.
2: You know, this makes me think about our relationship Mm -hmm. with animals. Because animals are so much better at intuition than we are. We always say, you know, somehow the animals knew that there was an earthquake coming or they knew there was a storm coming and they don't have, or at least we don't think they have their, the brains are as complex as ours. So somehow they've got this direct uh, connection to using their intuition as a uh, general behavior, right? Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. There, there's a simplicity about uh, being in that, uh, being in that awareness, uh, to use your intuition i don't even know if that's the right word there's a simplicity to it because i'm sure there is something more complex opening your mind to using to not filtering so many things easing the mind because there's a zen there's a <coughs> zen quality to intuition i think
0: oh i agree I, th- I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we our brains are complex enough that we, we think of all sorts of different things that it could be and not be and, and stuff like that. Animals are very straightforward. They are interested in, in, in having a good time and taking care of themselves and, and feeling good. And, and they, they can sense, um, well, and, and animals, they're training dogs that can, that can protect cancer. In, in, in somebody because of the, of the sense of smell that they have and, and it uh the ch- that changes the smell of the individual and when they have cancer and stuff so and so th- it's amazing th- th- what we don't consider to be of a higher level man
1: many many years ago when my grandmother on the east coast was alive my dad's mom he was a good son and he would go to the east coast to visit when he could she lived in connecticut And so she was at a nursing home and he would kind of just take the subway into New York, walk around, come back visiting her. And so he comes back from his trip and he says, oh, I got to show you something. And what it was is that he had walked several blocks, just New York City, and then he felt a dog brush against him. And he looked around and it was a blind man with a dog. And the blind man said, you must be somebody special because my dog drugged me for blocks to get up to you, mister. And the blind man had a newspaper article where on a slow news day, the New York Times wrote about the man's life because everyone in that area had come to know him by seeing him, real diligent. But there he was, dad's meeting kind of a local celebrity in his own right. But that dog drug at, you know, move along quickly at a quick pace to catch up to dad just to make the introduction so they got the visit so they got the visit for a little while but dad was touched he loves his animals as i do as we do Hmm.
2: i think there's a lot to that i think there's a lot to that you know the animals know they just have that ability not to make their lives so complex they're open to so many things that uh, are going on that we've trained ourselves not to see.
1: Yeah, we we outthink, we outsmart each other, and we get way off on tangents. It, is, it must be a source of humor for the animal kingdom. And <laughs> the birds, they're in on this too. They have a lot of that stuff going on.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, crows are, man, they are complex. <clears throat> crows are something else, man. I live... Uh, I live on a path where crows, uh, there's a park, I'm guessing about a mile and a half from where I am, as a a crow's fly. They live about a mile and a half, and they gather there at night. So they fly south over my house at night, and then in small groups, you know, groups of, you know, anywhere from a couple to five or six, constantly starting, you know, whenever daylight is you know becoming dusk they start flying over and then in the morning when the sun is just beginning to rise they're flying north over my house in small groups so i know that at night they're sort of gathering together in this park because i happened by this park when, one one uh, night and the grass was just filled just filled and it's not that big of a park <coughs> it's uh, maybe half as big of a football field and there were probably i can't count I, i'm gonna say a thousand you know probably a thousand crows because it was just littered it was almost all black you could hardly see any green grass yeah of just all these crows and you could hear them chattering you know how crows chatter and that's where they gather oh there she is what a sweet face man
0: isn't she adorable <laughs> yeah that's that about a, the type
3: that, dog that just had a seizure in the house. How is he? He's he's all right. He is, it takes him a minute to come out of it, but I heard that if you stick um warm water up their butt, it makes them come out of it quicker.
2: Is that right? Yes. Is this your dog is epileptic? It's, is
3: that it's my mother's dog, but oh. I like my dog because he follows me around twenty four seven. But He just, he gets them randomly. He's got lower back issues. He was chomped on by his brother. Like, it was, it's just a sticky situation. And so there's no brother anymore. It's just him. And they just happen so random. But it was weird because we were talking about intuition. And I was going to say, I can sense when my dogs are going to have seizures. And then, like, he had one wow and he's my mom's dog but i call him my dog he's like our dog i guess you know What kind of
2: dog what kind of dog is this
3: just like that a black, oh, black lab. yeah when german shepherd mix and uh, he's just a, a mutt of a dog but beautiful it's just sad to see him go through something like that and then you got to walk him through it you got to talk to him you got to you know i mean i've seen a person have a seizure but seeing a dog have one in front of me i think two two years ago was a total game changer when i saw him have one it scared the shit out of me (laughs)
0: yeah we had a spaniel when i was growing up and he was epileptic and so he would he would occasionally have a seizure and and it is so sad because they are looking at you like what in the hell's going on here
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: this is not this isn't good this isn't right and uh, and stuff so
3: changes to the point where he just shakes convulsive like he'll fall over foam out the mouth act like he's running and his whole body is completely stiff oh like gosh. it's terrifying to see especially oh when you're God. a 3 year old or a 10 year old or you see it for the first time it's scary it's iffy having like my son's friends over sometimes because if he has one then heaven forbid i've got another 10 year old that's watching a dog have a seizure you know and that doesn't understand it so that was like their first time ever understanding like what just happened
0: well and they they also get to watch you put warm water up the dog's butt that, that's that got to be a unique experience at the same time
2: <laughs> how did you learn
0: that
3: yeah. um so my ex's um girlfriend at the time uh was like working as like a vet tech and if you um squirt the water up there but it's just it, it cools their brain down at the same time and it sends something into that gland that's inside that just snaps them out of it if i wouldn't have done that i wouldn't be sitting here right now i'd still be with him having a seizure like he'd be in it for a very long time
0: See, that's, that's I'm impressed. <laughs> I, even if somebody would have said that to me, I doubt that I would. It's like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. that you know, but uh, so congratulations on on figuring that out. That could that could be a, a a worldwide thing.
3: It could be, I guess, if you have the guts to do it. You know, but. I laugh at it now, but when I had to first do it, I was like, this is so disgusting. This is so disgusting. What am I doing? But it worked. I even, like, when my little dog has them, the one that I picked up earlier, um, when he has them, I give that to him, too. It's He he gets plugged up, and the, yeah, it works, though. It just works.
0: The lady who gives dogs enemas.
2: <laughs> I don't
3: intentionally mean to. It's only when they need it, you know. Because trust me, I wouldn't like anybody giving me one, you know.
0: Well, but you worked in healthcare. You worked for in a in a, a retire, in a assisted living home, right?
3: Oh, and I've seen the worst of the worst and the ups and the downs of everything you can imagine.
0: <laughs> oh, I can, I can. This like my when my brother was uh, um, when he was still around, and he'd fallen off a roof and so he was in a long convalescent period and he was he ended up in a nursing home and, the, and he had a big black nurse who was apparently very funny at the same time and 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 he said i, I don't want to eat because i don't want to have to poop because he he can't he, his heels were broken and he couldn't stand and so he had to get get the bedpan out and do all that and and the nurse came in one day and said Randy, you're going to have to poop. You're just going to have to, you whether you want to or not. And he said, well, what if I can't? He said, well, then we have a spoon for that. What? <laughs> <laughs> we have a spoon for that. It's, it's, it's like if you got impacted poop on you, when we're going to take a spoon and we're going to put it up your butt. So you better go poop. He went poop shortly thereafter.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no joke. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen that procedure done once or twice.
3: Um, it's not with a spoon anymore. People just kind of use their hands and gloves when it comes to that and trying to help them.
0: Oh, my God. Thank oh my- God those people exist that are able to do that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm one of those. Oh, that my, experience
0: I- in,
2: my experience in picking my nose can apply to some other new career.
3: <laughs> are you digging for gold though
2: would i be <laughs> in I my know. new career
4: <laughs>
2: you might, or, you am might have just to... a, or am i just a corn cropper well,
4: that. <laughs> you, might,
0: you might find a diamond up your butt if you if it's if you're impacted hard enough maybe yeah That's, that's, you know, the human condition. It's when you start talking about, and you see, and guys, I got to tell you, women have got a whole different viewpoint of the human condition because they've seen more of it than we have.
3: I mean, there are are male nurses, though. There are male ones. Do you
0: think
2: think Superman poops?
3: Everyone should have to poop. you think (laughs) Superman poops. No, there's something not right.
2: Okay.
0: Because
3: you've gone 10 days and you can't poop. Hmm.
0: Yes. And, you know, I got to tell you, somebody just uh, uh, tuned into us and right when we're having the poop conversation. So uh,
2: (laughs) good timing.
0: This
4: hasn't
0: hasn't been like this the whole time. I'm just, we're just, we're just touching on, on the poop factor a little bit because Kayla's dog had um, seizures and stuff. So, so uh, don't go away just because uh, we're talking about poop. Yeah, we'll get bullying over it. We can
3: finish the subject though. Well, let's talk about bullying. What about bullying in schools?
0: That's a, that's actually a good topic. We need have have, have your kids um, because you have a ten year old and has he experienced bullying? bullying? Oh, I just
3: dealt with that at a soccer game, his first soccer game. What I happened? Just dealt with it. There was like my son was running back and forth, being a front defender. Well, not defender but a front and forward for the soccer ball and he was running back and forth his other teammates were all back in defense and he was the only one up in front and center and he blessed his heart and he goes this is so stupid and i heard my son say this is stupid well one of the defenders on the other team goes no you're stupid and slow and my son goes and turns up and goes, "I didn't call you stupid." I said me running around like this is stupid." <laughs> you know, So hearing that, like there is bullying that goes around. It's not it sometimes, you know i'm I'm proud that my son stood up for himself and said, "No, I didn't call you stupid." I said me running around was stupid because he he dropped it right there. instead of it, letting the kid keep going and calling him stupid, and slow, my son just kind of let it go which I'm proud of him for doing that, because if I was his age, I probably would have turned around and went, you said what? So I'm glad he didn't get that from me. (laughs) And he just kind of let it go. But I mean, there's another one on his team that says, you don't know how to tie your shoes. I knew how to tie my shoes when I was like four years old. What's wrong with you? To me, that's a sign of, okay, I'm picking on you because I know how to tie my shoes and you don't.
0: Yeah, well, well, Eric, when you were a kid, were you ever bullied? I was a tuba player.
2: I thought we went over that. No, <laughs> actually, actually, I'm really surprised that I didn't get bullied. In fact, uh, you know, I'm calling out a lot of my high school friends because they did not bully me when I probably deserve to be bullied.
0: Oh, but they Somehow liked you. You were, lucky. you were yeah? a cool dude. Um, Matt, how no. about yourself?
1: I got it because I was bigger than most and I was very nice, no problem. And so that big guy you could pick on, Ted Cassidy, who played Lurch, he got that big time because he was tall. Academically, he skipped grades, I think, twice because he was just an honor student. But he had that dilemma being a big, nice guy who was intellect. I didn't have his brains, though. One time at a job, a druggie was bothering me. And I was very tactful about it, so he would start to hit me and run. And he wasn't inflicting pain, but he's making physical contact. So one day when I knew he was coming to hit me and run, I caught him off guard. And as soon as he touched me, I hit him back. His buddies came up later and said, well, we got a gun for you. What? Oh, he's going to shoot you now. He's got a gun and that. And so I tried to involve management and nobody would back me up. And I ended up getting a transfer that I was trying to get and that probably aided it. But it's one of these things where they're not tough. The question is, how underhanded are they going to go? And then when I left that job, they all got in touch and, hey, you're invited to one of our parties, you're a great guy. And I said, I'm gone. I wish everybody well. Since then, that person was fired. They've asked me back. But no, I, I stayed put where I advanced to.
0: <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and uh, Eric, you bring you bring up Rocky Balboa for a particular reason, perhaps?
2: Well, because we're talking about bullying. And Rocky was the hero of bullies, right? Of non-bullies. Yes. It would be somebody who would want... Uh, if you were being bullied he would be the guy that would take care of the bully so that's why i brought up rocky
3: that would have been me hey, there you go <laughs> You're the guy
2: we'll, have to work on, we'll have to work on rocky's haircut
3: No, well, no i'm good i don't want to wear that haircut
2: well, i, I had that haircut
3: i had that haircut when i was growing up
2: yeah Rocky was- haircut? haircut
3: yes and I had really big, huge glasses. No, thanks to my mother. Interesting. I have a short, 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 short boy haircut. Like one of those, like a bowl over your head haircut. I really? had a boy haircut. Yeah. And I think that's probably why I was so mean because I got picked on. I got called four eyes. I got called a boy. So that's why I started dressing like one. I played baseball, played soccer. I did boyish things. <clears throat> and finally I just said enough is enough.
1: Well, Matt, go ahead. When you talk about the bull haircuts, Curly Larry and Mo, Mo Howard, who was the leader, Mo, he said the reason he had that haircut is that his mom always wanted a daughter. And when it was a boy, she gave him girl haircuts because she wanted him to at least resemble a girl. And so that kind of got the humor going. And he stayed with the haircut because that was his trademark. But that's the story behind his hairstyle. His mom wanted a girl so bad she started it.
3: <laughs> I just think my mom really wishes that I was a boy or something. That's I, how I felt.
0: <laughs> well, but, you know, there's nothing wrong, and especially today. Now, when you were growing up, it was a little bit different. But especially today, I, I think people are a lot more understanding and forgiving of what, what used to be. As a matter of fact, there's a gal that we did I did a, a, um, a podcast with fairly recently and she's got the book. Let me see. Let me grab this real quick. And the book is called Call Me a Woman, Our Way to Equality and Peace by Lori Levin. So and so you get this book and, and she and she talked about that. That it used to be when I was a kid that if a female had I <clears throat> like to run and jump and climb trees and play baseball. We called her a tomboy. Mm-hmm. We didn't call her a, a athletic female. We, we called her a tomboy. And, and, and so that was a derogatory term and which caused a lot of kids to not want to be like a tomboy, didn't it?
3: Yeah. Yes. I can, on I can openly admit I was a tomboy. I like doing boy things
0: but you weren't a tomboy you were a girl who enjoyed doing athletic things and there's nothing wrong with that.
3: I was always called a tomboy
0: that's what I mean though that's and that <laughs> hopefully that's changing over time because you know you, you, you know and so if you you were you liked athletic things and you were a tough kid if you played football you were a tough kid
3: I tried. <laughs> I think my attitude was more tougher than my than my physicalness you know? yeah,
0: did that come because you felt like you had to
3: it's oh who is that I know who that is
0: That's boy George
3: that's why right. it's oh, my best friend rachel's like favorite that's her husband is what she calls it boy George yeah she calls her, her husband or him he, her pro-
2: he probably brought the androgynous to the forefront more than bowie i think boy george's dad was a boxer perfect
1: yeah perfect. exactly <laughs> opposite and they had
2: a pretty good relationship
0: didn't
1: they in time they did dad kind of became understanding and east met west
0: yeah yeah it's well it's it's you know it's it's, it's hard um I have a, a good friend that uh, um, he's, he's a firefighter. his wife is a nurse. They have a nice house and, and stuff and, and their their boy um, became be, didn't become. Her boy was born as a homosexual <coughs> and that was a really tough thing for them to deal with at one point. Um, it, they grew into it and they still love their boy. But it was an odd thing because, and, and it wasn't until there that he brought home somebody that he fell in love with, that they fell in love with as well, that they really accepted him for who he is. And it, it took a while.
3: All in time.
2: We're, we're a generation that has seen a lot of things change on a societal level. You know, I, I remember the days when... Um, being homosexual when I was young oh 16 um, I remember a a good friend who turned out to be a good friend later on in life getting married to another guy and um, I was talking to a mutual friend Kevin because she was attending this guy's wedding and I was asking the question well who wore the wedding dress and I was—I wasn't being an ass. That was my concept of a wedding. Well, who? And she was trying to explain to me, no, two—you know—you don't have to have somebody in a wedding dress. And I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that a uh, <coughs> wedding didn't need a wedding dress. Two guys could dress up in nice suits and be married. That oh, was I mean, a lot who- for my sixteen-year-old mind to wrap around
0: see and, and and that's that's the other thing because we might some of us in in the past would go well who plays the part of the woman
2: yeah yeah who's the woman because we're so sure that male and female roles no matter if it was two males there had to be a female in the role
0: exactly that just made sense back then yeah it, it did matt go ahead
1: my brother dan and i every day we contact in the morning he tells me he's watching the sun coming up he's at the old oh, great guy dan married lloyd and lloyd's a heck of a great guy he's got a couple of fantastic kids from a previous marriage but it all worked out i um dan has always ticked that way since day one he's a little older than me he's the best man that i know and lloyd is well i've got great brother-in-laws all my sisters married well and dan married well but when i was younger that would have been a tough pill for me to swallow being raised in the '60s, now Lloyd's a great friend, and I've always loved him as a brother. Always.
0: Well, and Kayla, you're younger than us, and and so consequently, you're around younger people with their different frame of mind. That those old school things about about um, sexuality and being gay and th- those are slowly dying, aren't they?
3: Yeah. They are. But when you have an 86-year-old grandma, that stuff don't die in the back of your head. <laughs> you well, know? <laughs> and, and, and,
0: and quite honestly, I, that's why I believe that, that we get old and die um, because we have new people that are coming up with new ideas and a different way of looking at stuff because if if we lived forever, it would be like, you know, if you're 95, you would have the same viewpoint that you had 90 years ago. And got, it's got to change. It's We all need to... To understand that, that people are people and they're different. And what the hell do you have behind your head, Eric? Nimbo. What is that? painting. <clears throat>
2: oh. Door.
0: But what's the painting of?
2: It's a guy flying a door. So instead of a, guy flying. instead of a kite, he's flying a door. See, the door is a symbol for opening doors of opportunities, information, what have you
1: jim morrison that's one of my paintings there
0: oh very nice you did you painted that i painted that yeah by the way uh will okay, you will, will, will you write the or will you paint the uh um the um, um the cover of the book i'm writing
2: sure what color do you want to paint it
0: i i don't ha- i don't have any preference well it's i've got totally- all the colors yeah. <laughs> and it, I just want it to be true colors, whatever those are. Ooh, very nice. Very nice, Cindy Lauper.
2: You one of did. the greatest songs ever written.
0: Yeah. In, in, in my true
2: color and shining one singing, through. One of, one of the great songs ever written. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And, uh, Kayla, do you know who Cindy Lauper is?
2: Oh. No, I look
3: like a deer in a headlight right now. You oh just kind of my gosh,
2: you—you've got to because women love Cindy lopper You would I love to. probably do
3: if I knew the song or listened to the song, but not off the top of my head. Oh, I mean, you're—you're you're coming from a she, girl that used to listen to.
0: But no, do you like to have fun?
3: Old old music that my do you, grandma listened do you, to. Do you girls like to have,
0: have fun? Girls like to have fun.
3: Girls like to have. Yes, I know that song.
2: Okay, then you know Cindy Lauper.
3: Yeah, I know
0: that. Yeah. She's she's been around a while and and stuff like that. So, uh, but uh, you know, it's it's interesting that that uh, we digress into all kinds of different topics here. <laughs> I'm I'm running out. Somebody save the day.
3: Well, <laughs> I, can honestly, I can honestly say I know my son <clears throat> felt what Eric felt at the age of sixteen when he was. I think it was eight because we went to a wedding for our friends and it's a guy and a girl, but the girl wanted to be a guy and they were getting married. So they were both in tuxes. Well, he went back to his dad and goes, they were both dudes. You know, they were both in tuxes. They weren't, there was no dress. There was no, no nothing, you know? So then I had to explain to my ex, you know, that they were, you know a girl and a guy and not guy and guy but a girl wanted to be a guy so they were both in tuxes so it, it did confuse my son so there was confusion with that All right, so you know it's it's i think if you're more open with your children at a younger age and you express to them that people can like who they want to like and be with who they want to be with then it should kind of flow a little more easy, I'm guessing. But at the same time, I can see where the confusion is.
0: Sure. Well, it's, it's like one of those, it's like, okay, a girl, help me with this, Kayla. A girl wants to be a guy, right? Yep. Yep. And so she wants to be a guy. Does she, is it because she wants to date a woman or does she want to date a guy? Or can it be either?
3: I I'm, 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 I don't even know on that one. I, per, I personally feel like she just wanted to be a, a guy and she was in a relationship with a guy that was willing to be accepting towards that. So he, he let her do the transition and they were still in love, whether it was girl and guy or guy and guy, how they looked at it.
0: You, you know, one of these days we're going to have to get somebody on here to explain the transition.
3: Well, I mean, I can ask her, he, dude, I can ask. Well, did, they, did they have
0: an operation? No. Oh, Matt, go ahead.
1: The neighborhood I grew up in, the local barber shop, people would hang out there. It was always packed, but you didn't know if he was waiting for customers. People hung out there. And one day the topic was, and this was back in the 70s, Somebody was trying to get rid of a former relations, and this person would not leave, and they kept stalking them. So the person got a sex change, where well, now you're not going to want me. Oh, well, yes, they did. The other person got their sex change to prove the love, and so they got married again. Such a thing happened in this stupid country.
3: It
2: does. Yeah, I know. It- I know a couple that did that. You no know, guy that went into the Marines. Marines as a guy, he's a guy that uh, I ran hung out with a lot. Uh, and then he went into the Marines, uh, married his uh, girlfriend when he came out of the Marines, he uh, went through the transition, stayed married to his girlfriend. Well, they got a divorce, but they are still together these day, today even though he is now a she.
0: And so uh, why did they get a divorce, I wonder.
2: I think because back then you weren't allowed to be married to uh, same sex.
0: Oh, that could that that was that was true and yeah. for not too long ago.
2: Well, when
3: you're yeah. in the service they don't approve of it either.
0: Right. Yeah. So he so had you to not- wait till they got out of the
2: service and No kiss,
1: no tell or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and now she's uh, now the he that is now she is a uh, martial art uh, uh, teaches martial arts has a couple of studios and uh, quite dynamic personality fearless of course.
0: Amazing. you would have to be to go through all of that you would because talking about getting bullied when you were a little kid and, and that would that would be that would be a horrible existence for somebody to go through all of that and uh, which, which is why when somebody says to me it's a choice why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? That doesn't make any sense at all. Because uh, it, it's it's a very uh, you're you're putting yourself on the on the fringes of society to begin with, and it would be it would be really hard. So I, that's why I don't believe that to be the case. Well, I talk mean,
2: about commitment, man. You know, you're going from the convenience of standing up to pee to having to run behind a tree so you can squat. Who wants to do that?
3: I would like to stand peeing up. I see.
2: <laughs> see that's got to be stopping at least half the people and well this is awfully convenient you know this may be the only thing i use it for but it's awfully convenient i don't want to give that up you know don't they even have attachments for women nowadays that uh they can pee standing up? Yeah, on wish
3: list for lord have mercy <laughs> you can get anything yeah. on wish
1: <laughs> i've got an open question for the group here Haven't there been those in a high percentage that wish they didn't do that once it's been complete, meaning having a sex change? I don't know. They go
2: through heavy psychological
1: profiles before they do that.
0: I have have no idea. I've heard it's
1: common for them to wish they could go back. That's what I've heard. And I've heard famous names that have done that that later candidly regretted. Just throwing that out there.
2: What's his name? The one I'm
1: that- sure. uh... Yes, that yeah. one.
2: Which one? Well, the one that just ran for governor.
1: Yeah. Well, Bruce Jenner,
2: yeah. Yeah, wasn't that, didn't that turn out to be a disaster? The, there's
1: a lot of talk, scuttlebutt, whether it's true or not, that um, there are regrets from him now doing that. But um, this, there's a lot of talk out there. I would want to hear it from the horse's mouth, sort of say.
2: I'm seeing if there's any percentage online. I'm looking it up now. I don't see any percentages mounted, but I, I do see some uh, stories of people regretting, and I don't doubt it. Uh, holy smokes, you know, you're talking about your body, something that you're born with, and that's <clears> kind of part of uh, if you believe in your mind represents your body, and your mind is uh, a part of what creates your body, and somewhere along the line you you put it in neutral and then reverse, and you do that rather quickly when we're talking about the span of a lifetime. There's a, you know, there's something to get used to. So I'm not surprised there's some people, even though they go through the extensive psychological profile of people, all kinds of people saying, You really want to do this? You really want to do this? Last chance. Do you really want to do this? Because don't they have to go through a year or two years of psychological, intense psychological? Yeah.
0: They,
4: they,
0: they should. If, if, if they haven't, they probably should. There, um, there's
2: a, it's a serious commitment to therapy to get to that point, to even get permission to do the sex change. So on the other side, you know, having regrets about it. Hmm, you know, You know
0: that's the, the sex change part of it is the last thing to be done. Uh, because the rest of it is taking hormones so that you can you start growing breasts and, and and that sort of thing and and you start losing facial hair and all that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> way back when I was in the seventies, I got hooked up. I was a waiter, graveyard waiter at Denny's, and eleven people came in to have dinner one time, and and it was like three o'clock in the morning, and there were one I could tell was an actual female. One I could tell was an actual male. The rest of them, I had no earthly idea what they actually were. And uh, so I, I, got, I got kind of uh, hooked up with the one that was an actual female. And we started going out for a little while. And the, the, the gal that she was living with um, went out to a bar one night and came home with a guy. Now, she had had the hormone therapy, and she, so she didn't have facial hair and stuff like that. But she hadn't had the physical operation yet. And so they started making out on the floor right in front of us and everybody. And we're starting to get really kind of, and we said, I think we're going to leave now because at one point in time, he's going to find out something that shouldn't be there is there. And that could be a problem,
2: especially if it's bigger than his
3: (laughs) Afro man right now. Oh, God.
2: Afro I love that guy. I generally hate rap music, but I love Afro I want Afro to be president.
0: I don't know who that is. <laughs>
2: got to hear Afro You
1: talk about picking up people in bars. A friend of mine who's a musician, he had a good batting average getting picked <laughs> up or picking up. And he picked up this one gal and they went to her place. And when they got there, the babysitter opened the door with her little child saying, Oh no! Not again! And so he turned around and left. Oh man! Oh man!
2: Yeah, here's a secret. Even tuba players do pretty well. You know, it turns out that it turns out that eight percent, eight percent, of uh, the people that transition have
0: regrets. Oh, that's not much at all. I don't know.
3: no there's I still would... a percentage though you know you yeah. gotta think about this though this stems at the age of like 10 years old for confusion once you hit puberty there's that confusion so i mean i could be dealing with i'm not saying that my son is but i mean i could be dealing that with that with my 10 year old son and once he starts puberty and wanting that the the <laughs> transition or the confusion of do i like boys or do i like girls i Will always find men attractive, but I will. I can look at a female and blatantly be like, "Damn, she's hot as hell," because she's got this whole lesbian posture about her, and it's like, "Whoa," you know. So, I, is there a part of me that can look at a female and be like, "She's got a nice ass," or "She's beautiful," or "She's like flat out hot," <laughs> you That's know?
0: Difference between females and males. There's, yeah. There's a. There's a. Go ahead, Matt, and then and then I'll chime in.
1: There's a question I have, I'm from the outside looking in, I have a lot of ignorance on this topic. We mentioned earlier, women who are very masculine, tomboy, but they go deeper than that, and guys who go the other way. And so when you're talking about people and sex change, to stay the way you are, you could still find your counterpart. Am I making any sense here?
3: no you are that makes perfect sense that's why there's lesbians and that's why there's gays you know there's there could be guy and guy and girl and girl or girl guy guy girl it it right now there's just so much flowing around i don't know all the language anymore
2: yeah we all saw bullwinkle right i'm sorry (laughs) natasha and uh what was the little guy
1: boris yeah we
2: we all know we all know Natasha wore the pants, even though she wore the dress. But we know who's yes. calling the shots
1: there, Boris. The idolized fearless <laughs> leader.
2: Boris Boris just happened to be at a convenient height for Natasha.
0: Now I now I don't know this to be a fact. I understand you, Eric.
2: <laughs>
0: so so Sharon put mean,
2: her beer where, where she could rest her beer out his head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Eric, you need to look this up, but I, I suspect that there are more bisexual women than there are bisexual men. Really? I don't know that to be true.
1: I believe that because my former wife was on a softball team, and guess what? Practically all of them were, and I've dated a lot of gals that went through that lifestyle to go back to the hetero one and marry a guy one day, but it's greatly common where um, it wouldn't surprise me if more than half, and I'm guessing, but very common,
0: and then-
3: I don't agree with I. I personally do not agree because I really feel like men don't like to come out of the closet. They can come out of the closet with their guy friends, but they don't come out of the closet to chicks in general. Girls, they don't care if they want to kiss another girl. They're open about it. They're not ashamed of it because we're we're girls. More like guys, if they want to mess around with another guy. They have to be ashamed of it they are they have that guilt they have that shame so a part of me feels like it's about even because they're more secretive about it when girls are more open
2: you know there's a lot of truth to that because uh through through a male's lifetime they will have uh, sexual urges or a wet dream with another male and they may not, uh, they, they may will. not, uh, f- sure, Kevin, <laughs> sure, Kevin, you can't get out of it. You know, you have, I mean, I have it, you know, I never have, but I, I know you have, Kevin. I know you have that. So I know you guys, ha- I never have, but I know <laughs> <laughs> I can see it on your face faces.
0: And you know, <laughs> you, you know have, you ever, have you ever heard the expression, whoever smelt it, dealt it? <laughs> no. No. This is. This is a little bit of that, there, sir. I think there's something uh, that you need to go talk to your therapist about. Yeah,
2: see, there right. you go,
0: projection, because I, Kevin. Because, like, I I can tell you offhand, there are thir- certain things I I don't even want to touch a dog's dick, let alone a human one.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I just might serve you well one day because you're, you're a little puppy there, Your little puppy there to your right. Might just start having an epileptic fit and you know, maybe just water up its ass. Is it going to do it? And the vet's going to say, No, you got to stroke it, man. Stroke it. (laughs) 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 Now, no, now here's a serious subject. Here's a serious subject. This is an actual thing that happened uh, or that is happening, Um, like muscular kids that have muscular issues, uh, what do they call it? Not muscular dystrophy, maybe it is, but where they don't have control of their muscles and their brains aren't fully functioning. Direct? I think that it, no, direct not direct, but they actually have mental capacity okay. is small and they don't have muscular control. And there's, and for males, it is a physical need to ejaculate. And it's going to happen whether there's aid in this or not. And this becomes an issue for parents because at some point this child is reaching puberty at a stage, at an age, where that has to be taken care of. So you can hire a nurse if it's part of the uh, insurance plan to cover this, or you figure out a way to get it done yourselves. And there was a story of a father, a single father, that had to face this issue.
0: Oh, my. Yeah,
2: because it was part of his child's health. And, and the reason that the child had to do that was why? There is something about um, a health issue involved if we don't ejaculate. And okay. I don't understand it all and I could look it up I guess but I'm I'm concerned what might come up on my computer. <laughs> and, and there'll be a at the front door. Eric, yeah. If
1: you were talking to dairy farmers would they understand what you were talking about?
2: Yes, they would. Yes, they would. So there is a little bit of necessity involved, you know, at some point of uh now I forget what my my point was because the the thought was so horrific <laughs> that uh, you know
4: there well you go. and,
0: and it, it's a it's a medical fact basically that your prostate needs to get taken out and exercised every now and again uh, to avoid prostate cancer and to exactly. avoid exactly <laughs> exactly so so if <laughs> if you, you want to keep Winston healthy. And then you're going to have to take your prostate out and, and exercise it every now and, yeah. and again. Can do
2: that. Kayla? Make it do hand hand. some junk. Jo- yes, exactly that hand there, Kayla. <laughs> Kayla? Emily Henderson, right not my hand. hand. Sure.
4: Kayla? <laughs> the
1: other
2: hand works too, Kayla.
3: Yes, Matt.
1: Whenever you you're not there. present, all we do is talk about you on this stuff. That's all we do. And people call in and write and everything. We have your picture up there. Go ahead, Kevin. I got nothing to say. <laughs> we we
0: we've, we've we've gone down the rabbit hole to a
1: really
0: far extreme at this It ruined
1: somebody's reputation in Stanwood. Yeah. Probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, what do you do? What do you do? So, um let's talk about uh uh <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, upcoming new show that's coming on. Eric talk about that.
2: Oh, well Star Trek is putting together um, a series <laughs> on women. Star actors. Trek? Oh, you said new show and the women of Star Trek are putting together a new show. Are it's
3: coming
2: out October 1st? Huh? Oh, <laughs> October 1st. <Yeah>. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a new radio show I hear about in town called Positive Talk Radio, which is uh, together by this gentleman called Kevin McDonald, who used to do a radio show called Positive Talk. And 18 years later, I think, because he kept his dream alive, never let the dream die, uh, saw an opportunity, put his focus and his wisdom that he learned over the course of a lifetime, and is making it happen, taking another run at uh, the radio show, put together a wonderful program, uh, put together a wonderful package that will become, uh, I think, one of the greatest things in Northwest Radio.
1: Kevin, do everything you can to let the fanfare call in because it's one of those shows where everybody's got a lot to kick in.
0: You know what I what I what I'm doing as well is uh, and Matt you, you since you've been around a while uh, on the last show that I did I, I had played the clips for Eric I took some clips from people that called in to say that they were so sorry that the show was not going to be just disc- not going to continue and and so I'm not sure if I can play it through this um, I might be able to do something um no, nah, probably not uh ne- next next time i'll i'll have like the opening queued up and all that kind of stuff so that you can you can hear what the opening is going to sound like it's i think it's i think kevin it's,
1: kevin it's like twilight zone and leave it to beaver it is always going to be out there
0: and let me let me see
2: convenience i so put something in private chat
0: can, can you guys yeah, tell me if you can hear yes, this yeah Welcome to the new Positive Talk Radio Show. With me, Kevin McDonald is your host. Can you hear that? Yep. Yes. Oh, let me let me start it again. Then this is this is the new opening. Tell me what you think, guys. With me, Kevin McDonald is your host. Our mission is to entertain, enlighten, empower, and educate all uh. of us to break free from hate, division, and fear and as one, create something better. Yes, it's been 18 years since Positive Talk Radio ended, and yes, I promised that we'd be back, which proves that your dreams are only dead if you let them be. So please, join me and other inspiring people as we continue to explore a better way to live for us, our children, and our planet. And again, welcome to my dream.
3: There's
0: pumps. What do you think? I love it awesome
3: you know when you get goosebumps and your leg hairs grow back maybe you don't but when you get goosebumps-
0: <laughs> i don't have any hair
3: i got goosebumps it's good it's great
0: now listen now this is one of the uh uh matt this is one of the uh, folks talking about positive talk on the last day of the show 18 years ago and i appreciate uh, everybody are the phone lines clear sir Oh, no, oh, I'm sorry, Christina.
4: Hi, Kevin. Hi,
0: Christina. How Hi. are you?
4: Oh, fine, fine. I'm sorry to hear well, it's, well,
0: it's but part I understand of the, yes. yeah, part of the growth yeah.
4: process. well, Michael called me on the phone and he said, "Are you listening to Kevin's show? <laughs> you gotta call in, <laughs> so, yeah, well, but, you know, I wanted to say that um if it wasn't for you and your initial contact of sending me to Jerry at the health food store, um, and you know other other contacts you've had, um, I wouldn't be on my sorry <laughs> on my on the road to better health. I mean, you know the problems I've had.
0: I know, I know.
4: And it's just been I'm doing a lot better. I've I've really gotten motivated to take better care of myself and be proactive.
0: You know, you have no idea what that means to me, and I thank you so much for it, Christina. Unfortunately, you know what they're going to do to me now? They're going to kick me off.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I I wanted to tell you I'm very thankful, and I owe you a really big hug next time I see you. And it will be soon. Okay.
0: You take care.
4: Yeah, bye. bye
0: Bye-bye. And for everyone that's listening, hey, do something nice for yourself. Do something nice for somebody else. Be positive. Life is good. It will continue. Kevin, I
2: want to say it's been a pleasure working with you this year, your class act and uh, best of luck
0: to you in all your endeavors in the future. Thank you very much, sir. And we will uh, run across each other. And I appreciate uh, everybody. Yeah, are the pho- See, did you guys hear that? Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. We'll uh, run across each other again. Key words.
0: Yes, we, yes, we will. And we are 18 years later. So that's 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 what's coming up in uh, oh two private chats. Let's see what did he say that he doesn't want. Oh, I see So there. So, uh, but uh, it, I'm not gonna even what what those are. Um, but anyway, that's that's coming up, and that's that's gonna be in October, and Eric's gonna be part of it. We're gonna have a lot of fun with it. I'm looking forward to it. You know, one of the the things he's going to do is, I don't know that you guys know this, and I'm I'm going to out Eric a little bit about this, because he was in a drug, a drum and bugle corps that had drugs in it, but a drum and bugle corps called the Imperials way back then, and and they would travel, these are kids, like 14 to 20-year-old kids that would get on a bus, and they would travel all over the country and perform for people. And that's how they spent their summers.
1: I knew somebody on the Imperials, Vicky Tucci. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Vicky. She went to high school with her. I'll be damned. Well, I never hey,
2: marched with her, but I know the name.
1: Yeah, well, you remember the Imperials. You got to tell people I was not, so I'm a little envious, but more power.
0: So we're that gonna was- we're gonna do a, a group of uh, shows around the Cascades which is the only drum and bugle corps that's left in Seattle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cascades and the Imperials. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they, they they had a great deal of fun, and, and some of it we can't talk about on the air. A lot of it we can't talk on the air, but some marriages came out of that. Some <clears throat> drug rehab came out of that, <laughs> and all, that. all kinds of stuff like that. Some amazing
2: so. people came out of that type of activity.
0: Amazing people. Yes, indeed. So... So that, that's that's going to be fun for us to play with. And, and Kayla, we're going to have you be on it occasionally when you're feeling better and uh, and, and stuff like that because you need to be on your game and, and stuff. But but right now, like I, I told you just the other day, you're baking a baby, and that takes priority.
3: And jalapeno proper.
0: 98.6 degrees. Yes, indeed. And that baby is going to be a rice-burning machine when he's born. <clears throat> Or she's born
3: i like that you said he we'll go with that for right now i don't yeah. know if i can handle another me a little mini me
0: <laughs> well your daughter's adorable come on
3: uh, she acts just like me
0: <laughs> well, that's well then that means you're adorable too
3: no i wasn't at that age
0: uh so, anyway, guys, uh, we've been doing this for <laughs> two hours, and and people just are their heads are spinning. It's all the things that we've covered today. It's been it's been kind of wild. So it's been fun. Has been. Fun. Eric, what would you what would you like to add before we go? Um, what were we talking about?
2: Intuition. Trust yourself. Yeah. That's usually your first impulse. Is uh, usually the best one, isn't it? <laughs>
1: yep matt i'm gonna plug elbow with kevin mcdonald go to mattshaybooks.net it's only five bucks kevin has done a spectacular job narrating a fun audiobook lots of fun
0: and kayla may
3: just go with your intuitiveness you're born with it so don't be afraid of it all those doors are going to magically open if you in tune yourself to being intuitive don't fear it just go with
0: it. And if I could just add that um, on your last day in the planet, on the planet, the last thing that you want to be able to the last thing that you want to have to say is that you have regrets about the things you did not do. If you feel positive about it, if you feel passionate about it, do it.
1: Anybody Amen. else?
2: Amen Leave to
0: no
1: that.
2: Stone
0: unturned.
1: Great show. Great topic. Great topic.
0: That's right, and we'll see everybody next Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific time, so everybody take care. Next week
2: is the Seattle Cascades.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay, we're going to talk about them next week, and then we're going to have actually a couple people come on and talk to us about them. That'll be fun.
2: Yep, yep, that'll be good stuff.
0: So we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye, guys.